the main point of the jab lift? Our first one is to get your supporting foot in close to the ball. Everyone got that? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Right. Second one is? Anyone know what it is? Throw lift. No, no. What's the second point in the jab lift? Oh, body. 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 Position body. Yeah. Bend your back, right? You must get your back down well over the ball. Well, you hold the hurley with your two thumbs facing the ground. You bend your knees, you bend your back, and you get the hurley parallel to the ground. So your fingers touch the grass. Get your fingers to rub off the grass as you're picking the ball. Yes, sir. And you pick the ball straight into your hand. Yes, sir. Yes, the ball, the right? yes, sir. Yes, sir. You don't pick it up and bounce it on the hurley around like that, because then you'll lose it in a match. Right. So, everyone, on your two knees, just kneeling down on two knees, practice jab lift from the ball. In the circle. You go on one knee, then. The Gaelic Athletic Association means different things to different people. The hurling follower would react immediately to those young boys being coached in the field at Clare Castle. A friend of mine, who was only inside Croke Park once in his life, at a pageant in honour of St Patrick, says that he thinks of the GAA only when he hears someone ask that well-known question, what county man are you? For he says, it was the GAA that gave that alien unit of administration a social and a cultural place in Irish life. It is indeed a fact. For while the basic unit in the GAA is the parish and its club, inter-county rivalry is one of the association's mainstays. The GAA gave the counties colours, songs that their followers could sing as an anthem, some being luckier than others in this respect, and it even gave them nicknames. Cusick's County, Clare, is known as the Banner County, and the GAA in Clare is administered by one full-time but unpaid officer, County Secretary Des Crow, who holds down his bread-and-butter job as well. As County Secretary, I deal with 92 clubs. Uh, that's what's affiliated for 1984. They consist of 48 would-be hurling clubs and 44 would-be football clubs. Now, this is one of the few counties where you have almost a 50-50 divide nearly between football and hurling, traditionally you now I'm talking about. Where does this, where does the line draw, look, looking at the map in your mind's eye, starting, say, up at Tubber on the Galway border? Well, to take a line, as you've mentioned, from Tubber, and that would take you across the county to um, Ballier, uh, just north of the parish of Clare Castle. Anything from the end of the Clare Castle parish back to the Shannon, back to the peninsula, was football. Um, similarly, from Innes down to the Limerick border and over to Killaloo and Whitegate was hurling. Yeah. Well, now, is that, is that old line, is it shifting now? Or, uh, I mean, uh, games, are they moving into what used to be the territory of the other games in the past? Uh, yes, uh, in the last three or four years, hurling is making a tremendous inroad into West Clare. Now, there are at the moment, there is a West Clare hurling board, and they have seven teams affiliated, and they run their own competition for underage and junior. Similarly, there is a Nice Clare football league, and approximately ten of what would have to be described as traditional hurling clubs, or clubs where the parent club would be hurling are now participating in football competitions. Um, very, very much so, 
at underage level. And in fact that I have always felt that in, in my experiences over the last nine years that this divide or this thing we used to hear about is only a myth because to me and to my fellow officers it doesn't exist because we see our role as organising one county, the county of Clare, hurling and football. A holy and a wholesome administrative ideal, but hardly in accord with reality. Traditions are strong in Clare in both hurling and football. County hurling fullback Sean Heher describes how he was absorbed by the game. Well, I suppose I had to be interested in the GAA from a very early age because our house at home is straight across from the Kilkishan hurling field. And so I was very, I was naturally drawn towards it from the time I was old enough to make my way across the road on my own. Then it developed through that, uh, through the underage teams and through the games that I went to see as a spectator, as a young fella. And all was in the home as well. My, my father's family was always involved in the GA and he spoke about his time in the GA over meals and uh, going to matches and all of that and it was discussed very much at home. Were you taken to matches at an early age? I was and I went to matches in the local field at a very young age. I remember a famous cup final between Six Mile Bridge and Newmarket in which six players were sent off. In, I was about eight at the time, but I remember vividly the fury of the occasion and the absolute uh, madness, lunacy of the occasion. And the lunacy of the commitment on the field was only uh, a was only was didn't really compare with how the spectators uh, felt about each other. Uh, and I was right in the middle of them. So I suppose that type of experience at a young age. Uh, it was the same with Mealik and Cratlow playing in Kilkishan or with Mealik and Partine playing in Kilkishan. There were always uh, terrific battles there. It's a small field and it lent itself to sort of terrific encounters and frightening encounters, if you like, and the arguments over balls going through the net rather than between the posts and all of these things that you would associate with a country pitch. But I grew up with all of that. Now, as I said then, on my father's side, because I suppose they were across from the field and also because they were, I suppose, they had a leaning in that direction anyway, it was very live at that side. And my mother's, my mother's uncle won in All-Ireland in 1914. And so... Uh, he was on that famous Clare team. He was mm -hmm. on that Clare team. And so, at that side of the family as well, it was, uh, I mean, it was steeped in it. So if you I could hardly escape it. Well, really if, I grew, if I grew up without, without being interested in the GAA, I think I would have been very odd indeed. Well, in Rowan, when I was young, hurling was and still is a way of life in the parish. And that is depicted by the fact, I think, that in ballads about Rowan, there's mention of hurling down by the old church, Ars Ball, the lonely back roads of Drumore, and... Behind my back in the graveyard, I think is the only monument uh, in Ireland set up to a hurler, whether it's in wrought iron in, in the form of two hurleys. And I think this had a great influence on the young people in the parish when I was very young. And I think that a man as well, in Clare and in Rouen, where I was born, was measured a lot 
his what was measured by what he put into his organ. As a child growing up with a father who was involved in GA, that uh, Sunday was a match. There wasn't anything else to do. Mm. It was mass, dinner, and you went to the match. Um, you were, whatever way you got there, you went. At that time, matches, you didn't have a choice as you have today. You mm -hmm. can pick up the champion on a Friday night and decide what the program would be for the weekend. But at that time, um, when you went to Cusick Park for a match, it was a treat. And uh, many is the evening with my brothers. Um, you put the sheep out before the match took place. That was when there were two gates at the end of either end of Cusick Park, and you had two turnstiles. There was nothing else there then, but it was Cusick Park, and it was the grounds of the county. Mm. That there were very few um, other pitches. I can remember most of the pitches that are now there opening. Uh, I'm in, in in Tulla. I do not remember, but the others I do. The the are uh, the later ones, but. As a child, when you grow up with somebody like that, your total commitment is to GA, to hurling, and to the various things they do uh, in the social aspect of the thing, like dances they run, plays they may have put on to raise funds. It's, it's a complete, the GA, to my mind, is a complete um, circle. Maureen Boone from Kilmele and Jimmy Smith from Rowan recalling their first introduction to the Games. What then is the GAA, in essence, really all about? Father Harry Bowen, sociologist and renowned hurling coach. First of all, it was set up at club level and it was extended from there to county level and from there on to national level. And it set out, and I think it achieved this in the 1880s, it set out to breed a, a, new, a renewed spirit of local patriotism and I think what's also forgotten, it helped people to organise and to cooperate at local level. I think it's funny enough, I think there are signs that it's doing that again, particularly in the last 10 years. There was very definitely a vacuum somewhere along the 50s, 60s and 70s in that um, there was a, a, a major emphasis on the national scene and that even extended into Croke Park and Thorless and places like that. And there seemed to be a move away from the local level I would say in the last number of years there is a return to that in Clare anyhow, as epitomised, I'm sure other people in Clare would have told you this, that uh, there has been a revitalisation at club level in the form of club development, development of pitches. I would say my own area, East Clare, that uh, a lot of the clubs there had gone certainly back to junior level and even one or two would no, no, scarcely a team at all. Most of them are now re revitalised again and a number of them back to senior club level again. So, if I was to sum it up, I feel that to some extent, although I don't think this has been reflected properly, but to some extent the GAA 1984 in Clare is beginning to realise that its strength is at club level and that a lot of the developments and that a lot of the developments that are taking place must take place at that level more than before it goes on to others. There's two scenes in Clare. Uh, there's the rural scene and the urban scene. Now, in the urban scene, they have tremendous problems because you have a big town like Ennis, Shannon, Kilrush in those places. And the development that they have to put in is far bigger and more expensive than what the rural club has to put in. But through the fast development programme, and I think that this is the one 
committee and the one area of many in Croke Park that has really come across and really has come good at least in our county is that we've been able to advise the clubs and we've been able to establish the requirement rather than, than a big glamorous type of complex that they'll be paying for for the rest of our life. If, if I have to pay one tribute to the overall development in Clare, it would be that it's, it's a necessary development but that at the same time it's average and that it meets the demands and the requirements of now and not something grandiose that they'll be spending the rest of their life paying for. You're working within your own resources. We're working within our own resources. And, and I'll give you just one example of that. Uh, prior to the opening of Park Isok here, I had the occasion to bring the then Uchtalan Paddy McFlynn around the county. He spent three or four days with me. And we went out to Six Mile Bridge, who are just after being uh, announced as the AIB Club of the Year in Clare. And they were developing their ground at the time. And there was 102 people on the actual ground of a Saturday picking stones. And three wives of the officers came down to the field with buns and milk and orange. And, and this, was, this was the kind of community spirit which has achieved the development that I've just described to you. What people often describe as the spirit of the male seems to have survived very much here. Well, I think... Paddy described it as a multi-mile. I mean, he used that term uh, in Six Mile Bridge that day. Now, that's just an example of the type of thing that happened in the development. This happened all over the county in different ways, in different parishes, maybe not to the same extent, but the bottom line of the whole development progress over the last eight, nine years is that the commitment was there, the goodwill was there, it was men, women, children, schools, clergy, teachers, you know, everybody working together and enjoying themselves. I see the GA Club having a, a very important function in a rural parish. First of all, it brings all the youth of the parish together and uh, it trains them to play football, basically, and they learn the disciplines of the game. And they are also handed a great tradition, a tradition of service to their parish and loyalty to each other, loyalty of course to the GA and uh, it keeps them out of harem this is what their parents want that they would be in good company and the GA and uh, the people in it are seen as good leaders you know? and uh, I would say in that way the GA fulfills a very important function we have organised a county coaching scheme in Clare catering for boys and girls from 8 years up to 14 and as I speak to you 1200 kids have been put through that scheme which lasted in each centre for one week and we have 
designed this scheme on, on a progression basis to go forward over the next four or five years, uh, hopefully with the aim of winning at least the Munster or an All Ireland minor championship again in maybe three years' time. And here, when you mentioned the word training, here I think from a very early age, um, this is the key to getting young people. That um, somebody who is very well capable of coaching, communicating with young people, that it's a person like that that each club must have, or a number of persons like that that each club must have, to make the thing attractive. For example, that when the youngsters are gathered uh, for a session, that everything is organised, that the person that's there um, is there in time, uh, that he's a proper programme. You see, take, take parents, for example, nowadays. An awful lot of them are very worried about the um, dangers in hurling, uh, injuries. I mean, if a child breaks teeth now, it's a very costly job or whatever. So it's very important that um, you are able to show parents that every precaution has been taken, that the skills of the game are being uh, given to the children. Even for the children themselves, any game isn't going to be enjoyable if they're getting hit, if they're um, getting knocked about, if they aren't able to protect mm. themselves and suffer injuries and so on. So that you have people, you must have people who know what they're about, um, are able to make the thing enjoyable for the youngsters. And um, also, I think nowadays, um, convince the parents that uh, this is something worthwhile, um, a good athletic activity involving skill, um, that it's also safe and so on. Uh, today, you know, one has to, um, uh, to attract young people to the game. If you're winning, of course, they know all about the local heroes, the local teams, but uh, other, otherwise you have to uh, introduce them formally by inviting them to the field and uh, refereeing their games and uh, um, overlooking all their activities and in that way they're, they're, they're weaned into the GA. whereas in our time you automatically kicked an old ball in the evening in the fair green there was nothing else to do you have to fight for the uh, loyalties of young people today because they live in a world where they know more about uh, world sports than you do. They have all the big games in international soccer, English first division, and indeed the superstar, the milk superstars, and the Olympic games, and the world is their field. So the GA itself has to be open doing and fighting for these people. And if you involve yourself with them and uh, go along with them and supervise their activities, they are win they're willing to play GA just as much as we were in our time. And it's in that role I see the GA uh, having leaders who are willing to go out on the fields and play with them, refree their matches, and tell them and talk to them and make them listen. And they are just as enthralled as any generation of the past.
recent years, uh, the GA has broadened its scope and it's catering more now for the ladies as well as the young people. Um, in West Clare, over the past few years, ladies' football has become popular, has taken off in a big way in parishes like Milton Malbe and uh, the surrounding areas. And hurling has spread into West Clare and Komogi, its sister game. So all people in the community are involved in one way or the other. And uh, it gives them great contentment in their lives. They have something to aim at outside of their work and their studies. And uh, it brings people together. And socially, it's fulfilling a very important function. Wherever you have a GAA player, you all have supporting role. You have the ladies, or you have the daughters, or the sisters. They invariably are the washer-uppers, or the um, jersey washers, flag makers, um, but in a supporting role. People forget that um, behind every man, there is a good woman. Indeed, or alongside. <laughs> <laughs> that um, you automatically think of the player when you think of um, GA or Camogie, but uh, you have to have a good supporting team. Well, also the officials, you said there aren't very many women. There are some in this county, I know, involved in the administrative side. But um, I'm not so much thinking of that. I'm thinking of the involvement of, say, spectator involvement. Joan, like, you, what's your involvement? Now? Tell us what well, your involvement, involvement is. My involvement only started when I had a, a, a child playing. I have a boy playing under 14, under 16. And I must say, I never went to a match until he started to play. And... Uh, there's great involvement here in Kilmele with parents, mothers, sisters, they all go. And uh, that might be unusual, but uh, it is in Kilmele mm -hmm. that uh, you have the parents go and they are very involved. And I think maybe it's coming up from there, you know, that women will get... I know from my own part that I have become very involved as somebody who had no interest whatsoever. Yes. We've always had camogie and hurling in our schools with very... You, we have a, a league, you know, between the three schools and the parish and that sort of thing. And um, so I don't think that the fact that there are more women teachers that, that will have any, that will be to the detriment of the GEA at all. Is Camogie's, is Camogie spreading in Clare? Yes, it's growing. How widespread is it now? Well, uh, registered clubs there are 23 this year, 23 clubs. You have the older clubs like Michael Cusack's Six Mile Bridge. Aero, Kilkishan, the senior clubs, Ballier, St. Flannan's, new clubs then, like ourselves, Kilmele, Kilnamona, um, Bodike, um, those clubs. Clubs, uh, places, there were um, Camogie uh, clubs in years ago, but um, disbanded or um, interest died. But the interest in Camogie is massive and growing all the time. We're delighted, yes. Um, we also have a competition, Kjolkind Augustausa, which is uh, the equivalent of Skornenog in the GAA. And this, I think, has a winter pastime. The running off the competitions for the Kjolkind Augustausa um, gives the children, the girls, an interest in the wintertime. Of course, the boys are not excluded from the Kjolkind Augustausa. We encourage set dancing and formation dancing where they can invite their friends along <coughs> to be their partners. And um, our visit to Wexford, when we won the Fail in a Gale Blitz, which was um, most enjoyable, 
um, we had a full weekend at Fáilne Gale and it's most um, interesting, not only for the children, but for the adults. It's an education in itself, it really is. Claire, how strong is Camogie here in Kilmaley? Oh, very strong. Um, we have uh, under six, an under 14, an under 12 team, an under 16, an under 18 and a junior C. You have the distinction of having played on a team? And a men's team or a boys' team? Yes, it is. Tell us about that. Well, um, I got player of the match when we, I was playing camogie with Connolly School, and then the next evening, um, Tom Hogan, he's the trainer of the hurling team, he came to the house and he asked, Would I play with the boys' team? So I said I would, so I went to training and got on the team. So. But you gave that up since? I did, yes. So you're yes. concentrating now on, on Komogi. Yes. Tell me, um, would 50% of the girls, or would it be lower than that, or more than that, who, who take an interest here? Oh, more than that, I'd say. Would it be? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Very strong. I mean, everybody loves Komogi. There's loads of people going to practice now every Sunday in that. You know? Claire Bracken, Komogi player and hurler from Kilmaley, the enthusiastic voice of youth. The county contains Ireland's youngest town, Shannon, now Clare's second largest urban area. Father Peter O'Loughlin, who ministers there, tells of certain outside perceptions of Shannon. I, th I find, for example, when I go home to my own, my own place, I'm from Rouen myself, I find people say to me, you know, are you still down in Shannon? Uh, must be an awful place down there, you know? And uh, nothing could be further from the truth. Mm -hmm. But, but they, they refer to it, I find, indeed, myself, uh, travelling around, as, as if it weren't really part of Clare at all, in yes, a way. You know? Yes, yes. Um, again, I think... But it is, of course. <laughs> it certainly is. And as well as that, I think it's now a part of Clare that is contributing an awful lot to the GA within the county. In a week's time or so, we're playing a county minor final, and minor A hurling final. And um, the team playing in that has been the first team in Shannon that have stayed together as a team since they were under 14s. Up to then, they were also the first team who won a, an A championship in Clare hurling. But um, this particular team has stayed together since they were 13-year-olds. Now, Shannon is in Clare, for example. That team qualified for a Fair and Wales final in 1981. They were beaten by uh, Kilkenny team in the final. They were representing Clare, they had won the Clare Championship that year. There was one uh, player on that team who had Clare parents. And the rest of them? And the rest of them had parents from every nook and corner of Ireland. Um, three of the team were born in America. The captain hailed from the Bronx in New York. Um, two of our star players on that team and they're still among our star players come from Belfast um, which I think again gives the lie to this thing of tradition that you must be from Cork or Kilkenny or somewhere like that to, to make the grade. Uh, I suppose if you get the skills at an early age. At an early age yes. it doesn't matter where Cruise you come from. But as I say representing Clare on that team and still representing Shannon on that team, there's only one young fella, to the best of my recollection now, that has clear parents.
Now, what's the relevance of the GAA in, 18, in 1984 to Shannon, the newest town in the state? Well, its relevance in Shannon, more than any place, I suppose, would be in a new town, is to breed a, a sense of cooperation, a sense of pride in, the, in, in Shannon, because most people who live in Shannon would have come from other places to live here. The, I think to, the thing to remember here is that Shannon is now about 22, 23 years old. So you're beginning to get a number of people in Shannon who have, uh, of adults in Shannon, young adults who have grown up in the place, who are born, who are Shannonites in other words. So I think the GA has a major contribution to make to uh, uh, a sense of local, of Shannon patriotism and also to help Shannon people to cooperate and to, and, and to help them in the skills of organisation. Because Shannon, as you know, is a town that has been basically built by a semi-state body and that could create very serious dependency. So that Shannon is obviously going to have to find its own feet and is going to have to grow and get the authority that it, it, that it needs itself. And I think the GA can help it to grow into a certain type of independence. Father Harry Bowen. In Shannon, although it is located in what is the traditional hurling area of Clare, both hurling and football are played. There are those inside the GAA, particularly hurlers, who see football as an enemy of their own minority game, a point of view I put to Sean Heher. I believe that the GAA, uh, as it developed, more or less developed as most big organisations do into an association of compromises. And I believe that uh, it, the, the game of football as we have it now is a compromise. Uh, I believe that there is a role for the game of football in the GAA and I believe that it is as a winter game. I believe that the natural order for the GAA is to have the hurling done during the summer months and to have the football done during the winter. Uh, like the present situation where the bulk of inter-county games are played during the winter in hurling uh, is ridiculous. I mean, the, the, it, is, it is not right and it doesn't stand up. And as Pat Delaney from Offaly said to me one time, he said, we are the fools, he said. We are pawns of the system and we're still, we're, we're not sort of changing the system even though we're very deeply involved in it. And it was his opinion that, we, that the players at that particular time should just down tools and uh, call in the management committee of the GAA and just say, listen, this isn't fair to us, right? We can play matches right through the summer. We have no incidents in them, no, uh, un, no, 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 no bitterness between ourselves. We have great games during the summer. You throw us out there with mud ankle deep and you expect us to hurl and the ball getting lost and we have rows and then you bring us in and you discipline us like it just doesn't make sense the winter time is not the time for hurling and so you think, there's, you think there's room for the two games but to, to rationalize the approach to them and the times of year which they're played i believe that at the moment the ga is in competition with itself if you like because of the fact that clubs here are either hurling or football clubs um there is, no, there is no club that I'm aware of where there isn't an order of priority, where one team doesn't get priority over the other. Here in East Clare, hurling gets the priority. In West Clare, football will get the priority. And like in West Clare, they don't want, they don't want the clubs to develop hurling teams because it will affect our football. And the same thing applies here. Like in East Clare, we don't want the clubs to develop strong football teams because it will affect the hurling. But I think that the reason for that is because of the fact that the two games are in competition with each other at the same time of the year. 
Now, I believe that what we are going to do next, this coming winter in East Clare, where the East Clare football competitions at underage are going to be run during the winter months and the hurling competitions will be run during the summer months, I believe that that's a step in the right direction, but it's only a local thing. And really, for it to have any effect, it must be done on a national basis, where you don't have the club more or less being torn apart by involvement, over-involvement in, certain, in all competitions at the same time. Sean Heher. The Clare Hurlers won their only All-Ireland in 1914 and their last appearance in the final was in 1932 when they were beaten by Kilkenny. The footballers reached the final once in 1917 and were beaten by Wexford. But football has played over a wider area of the county. Paddy Hennessy of Milton Malbe. At the present time now, uh, you have a club saying Belly Vaughan and Kilfenora, Michael Cusick's. You come down to Ennis Diamond, then on here to Milton Malbe, Kilmurray Ebrickin, Dunbeg, Clare, Kilmel. Down to the peninsula, you have Kilbelly Owen and you have O'Curries, Kilkee, who are now contesting the county final. Uh, Kilmel, Kildaisert, Shannon Gales, uh, that area. Then you have the Ennis. You have Kilroy Shamrocks then. Kilroy Shamrocks, yeah, as well. Couldn't forget Kilroy Shamrocks and Kilimer. And uh, you go right across then to Clare Castle. They have a football team. They won a junior championship there last year or two years ago. Uh, you have in, in, in Shannon, you have Wolf Tones. You have a football team now in, 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 in Cratlow. And you have football played in, in um, Kilkishan, mm-hmm. Callaghan's Mills. Yeah. And uh, you have football in the extreme end of East Clare as well. And then the schools. The schools have played a major part in the success of the revival of football in Clare. At, uh, at the level it is in today. And from the formation of the board, in nine, the f- separate football board in 1970 on, it seemed to have to develop from there. But uh, you have to have dedicated people in all parishes for this to, to happen or come about. And at the moment here in this county, we have such people. They give so much of their time, their voluntary time, professional people, and voluntary people, uh, people who organise free transport, for example, to matches for young lads, supply their cars, never take a penny reward. These are the people that the geo so much that. Of course, I always did too. And um, it seems, from what you're saying, that it, that that kind of dedication to the to the parish, because really, when you talk about club dedication, you're talking about parish dedication. Parish, oh yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, that that is as strong as ever it was. Well, the, the, the rivalry that existed in, in, the, in the early 40s and 50s between parishes in this county seems to be uh, seems to be fading out, you know? That's a good thing, really. That's because, well, in my opinion, I wouldn't say so. No. Because I do believe that that was what uh, you, you, you had this, why you had such large attendances at games and such, in, and such interest, you know? The, the fact that this rivalry existed between adjoining parishes and uh, I remember being an official, our chairman, at one stage, and we deliberately created divisions 
where this rivalry was strong for the purpose of raising finances and they would attract large, large crowds to the games. And it was a topic everywhere you went, you know. And uh, I'd say myself that nowadays that rivalry is gone, the fact that young people are meeting so often. They are meeting one another through youth clubs and all this type of activity that uh, they're so familiar with one another that that rivalry is now a thing of the past. But what of the present and the county team? Michael Wilson of Milton Malbe is not entirely without hope. That's all we need, as I say, even if we did reach a, a Munster final and Noel Welch, who was in charge of the county team for the last maybe seven or eight years, and he has done a lot of great work and have done very well in the league. But come to championship, you know, here in Munster we have Cork and we have Kerry, and I think, you know, once we meet either of those two teams, it's, well, you know, it's, we haven't got the, the talent at the moment, and as I said, this is centenary year. We haven't, we thought we had a reasonably good team this year. Last year, we gave a good run to, to Cork, and it was only in the last 10 minutes that Cork came on top of Clare. But against that, then Kerry, you know, hammered Cork last year in the most of the Unfortunately, you're, you're in, you know, you're in with, with both Cork and Kerry, but particularly being in with Kerry is a formidable task. Would you would the the open draw would it be of benefit do you think to Clare? I think it would. You see the way you look at it, as I said, the centenary cup the way it went, and as I said, this is the first year they have it, and it, it, it apparently went well for them. And this, a lot of people are in favour of the open draw. I would say the weaker counties, but against that, the way I see it, is the strong counties are running a certain area of the GA. You have Kerry and you have Dublin and you have Cork. And uh, I suppose you have Affley and Garbage. These are very, very strong. And I suppose they have, they are not in favour of an open draw, naturally enough. And when the day is done, that's what's most important. In the minds of most people, uh, Clare winning in All Ireland would be the most important thing. Now, Clare are trying to win in All Ireland since 1914, and they haven't won one. Although a strong county, and as you know, have been there or thereabouts. Certainly, in fact, I've written a little bit of and the history of the GA and Clare, and there was no decade since the foundation of the GA that Clare didn't have a team that threatened, or that could have won in All-Ireland, even from 1914 up through the 20s, 30s, won a Munster yeah. Championship in 32, won a league in 46, won the Oireachtas in 53, Munster beat Cork and Tip on into the 60s, challenged seriously with uh, fellows like Jimmy Cullinan and Liam Danahar and people like that. And then the team that I was involved with myself in the 70s, we won the two leagues and seriously challenged. So there is, there has to be some almost inexplicable strength in the GA and Clare that would keep it almost as, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a count, that would have a county team that would threaten the best and still not, not achieve. Mm -hmm. So there has to be something else, and I see that something else in the clubs. My own native parish of Fetal, in the 30s and 40s, they won five championships. That bred a pride in me growing up. I have been back this year involved with my local club team. I played in the county final myself in 58. That was the last club county final they were in. This year we were beating a point in the semi-final. I was out there training on summer's evenings with them this summer. And I saw it all again, the whole reenactment of the, what the GA was about. We had 23, I can recall one summer's e or, or a Sunday evening, the day the Cork and Kerry played. 
sorry, the day that Kerry and Galway Galway played played in the semi-final. In the semi-final, semi-final. We had 23 lads togged. We had about 40 people looking on. There was a camogie match after that. We all stood around and chatted. We all got to know ourselves, one another, better. We had the old chat and so on. And certainly I came away from that training session and other training sessions convinced that that's what the G is all about. Let me say immediately that obviously we still would love to win in All-Ireland and that that will be always aspired to in Clare. But I would feel that the GA in Clare, in spite of all the criticism that's made of it now and again, is pretty healthy at the moment. What would you like to see the GA adopting as targets now in the next couple of decades? Well, I have a dream for the GA as well as for other people's movements. In the 1880s, economic and social disaster loomed for Ireland. The GA, the Land League, the Gaelic League, movements that sprung from the people revitalised Ireland and eventually won part of Ireland's independence. The 1930s in the economic war, movements like Muintanatera, farmers' organisations, again sprung from the people. We are 50 years on exactly again. We are on our knees again and we are looking to government to solve our problems for us. Governments never change anything. Change comes from a, from a, a people and if we are missing anything in Ireland today, it's a spiritual vitality. So basically, I would like to see the GA as, as, as a very definite target to take part, as it did in the 1880s, in a revitalisation of Ireland community or by community or parish by parish across Ireland. And I would very, very definitely like to see the whole focus over the next five years return to the globe. Father Harry Bohan. But the GAA is also about winning. And the winning of an All-Ireland is the pinnacle of success for any county. We leave the last hopeful words to one of Clare's greatest hurlers, Jimmy Smith. I would always hope to have been on the team to win the McCarthy Cup. But um, we certainly would revere any player, I think, whether it be in holding or football, uh, that would be part of the team that brought glory to Clare once again. It is the wish, I think, of every person in Clare, in every homestead, because every homestead is associated with either holding and football in Clare. It's part and parcel of their being. But they would wish and revere to have the McCarthy and the, the, the football and the Sam Maguire Cup back in Clare once again. And if it came back even once, it would keep them going certainly for another 100 to 200 years.